Well, today we're going to hear from a familiar passage from the Gospel of John. It's going to be John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. So I invite you to follow along as you're able in your own Bible or on the words that they're presented on the screen behind me. And also I invite you to stand as you're able in body and spirit in honor of reading of the Gospel passage. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And now this is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one friend's. And you are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. And if you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that my Father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This year especially, I just have this feeling that everybody that I know and everybody that I can just see, is they're ready for the fall. I don't know about you, but a lot of folks are just ready for a change in the season, a change in the weather, a change in what we've been doing. You know, you hear it more on the radio. You always hear how pumpkin spice things come out really quickly. Uh, everybody's getting, just seems really excited about football. Now, I know today some fans are more excited than others. Okay, you can look around the church and see what teams are being promoted. But yes, so, you know, the fall season brings in the sports that we like to watch. It, it brings together all the family activities that we enjoy. You know, at nighttime's a little bit cooler, so you can get outside and go for a walk or on the weekends, the kids can play with their neighborhood friends. And, you know, on, on church and schools and communities, they start getting ready. You start seeing the hay bales come out and the scarecrows go up and the change of the, of the trees and the seasons and everything. And, man, we're ready for it this year. We're ready for a change in the normal. We're ready to be done with the summer, done with the hot weather, bring on the cooler weather and all of the activities that fall bring with it. Fall is a wonderful time of the year for many people because... These things that start come that come around every time this year are, are focused on our friends and people that are in our lives that we're in relationships with. I mean, if you think about it, we get excited about football because, yeah, we want our teams to win, but this is Mississippi. We, we don't expect too much from our teams, all right? But we still go to the games, okay? We still have people come over for the cookouts in our backyard, and we watch it on our back decks. We have the, the parties for the football games, not because necessarily we know our teams are going to win the championship, but we do it because we enjoy the community that it brings. We enjoy going to the stadiums or where we used to go to college and see all the old places we used to do and all the old hangouts and find all of our friends at the tailgate tents and visit around and eat the food and, and fellowship. We do it because of the friends, of the community, of the traditions that we have. But not just football, okay? I mean, even like with the, the children, okay, they start having fall festivals, right? And they start going to the pumpkin patches. Well, those are fun as well, 
but you do it not just so you can get a pumpkin at the pumpkin patch or so you can win the ring toss game at the fall fest, all right, or ride the pony around the front yard. You do it because, guess what? Your friends are there. Your, your people are there. Your community is there. And you do it because you enjoy it, not just because it's just an event to check off the list, but you do it because you like it. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And so there's many things in our lives that, that we do that come around every single year, okay? But we do it because our people are there. Our people are there. And you see, when you read this passage, when you hear this passage, what you have in this passage is that Jesus is talking to his disciples, his people, his people. These are people that he called individually to come and follow him. A lot of these individuals were not seeking him out. They were living their lives. They were fishing if they were fishermen. They were collecting taxes if they were a tax collector. They were going about their everyday lives. But they were approached by Jesus to be his disciple, to be his student, to learn at his feet, to follow him around. And so they accepted. Something moved them to be his people, and they accepted this crazy three-plus-year journey that they had with Jesus. They went through a lot. They've seen a lot. They have argued. They have been confused. They have seen a lot and gone through a lot. But yet the disciples and Jesus, they were a community. They were each other's people. And so we have Jesus talking to his disciples in his final moments. When you're reading through the Gospel of John, this is right before uh, Jesus goes off to the garden and prays. You know, he's had the last meal. He's washed their feet. He's done all the final things. You know, and this was Jesus' final moments. He knew this would be the final interactions that he would have with his people before he went to the cross. You know... We can only be so fortunate if we knew when our final moments would be with our people. Because if we did, we would make sure everything we did and said was intentional and lasting. That would clarify and say clearly what, what we felt and believed. So many of us won't have that opportunity. We won't, have, we won't know it's our final moments. We won't be able to say the things that we wanted to say. And that's okay. But Jesus knew. So we also need to take note that Jesus would also be very intentional and what he did and what he said in his final moments before he was apprehended in the garden. And so when we read these words, we read them with more importance. We really take in what he is saying and say, what is he telling them? What is he telling us today as his disciples? And so let's revisit this. He starts off and he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide Hang on, live within my love, because if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abided in His love. So as we talked about many times before, love is, a, is an intentional act. It's something that you do intentionally. It's not just based off emotions, but it's intentional. It's something you do, something you live. It's putting others before yourself. It's being humble. It is serving. It's so many things. And so when you love an individual, when you love a group of people, when you love God's creation, you are fulfilling the commandments. You don't have to go and worry about all the little things it says to do in the Old Testament because when you love, you fulfill all of those. And that's what he's clearly saying here. He's saying that as the Father has loved me, I have loved you, so abide in my love. 
And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And so that was an intentional saying there. To love your neighbor, to love each other. And so he goes further and says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you to do. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends have made everything known to you that I've heard from my father. He calls them friends. His people. He has revealed everything to them that the father has revealed to him. There are no more secrets. It is stated plainly. And clearly, as my friends, just as if you had your final moments with your friends, what would you tell them? How would you react and interact with them? Hopefully it is through love, the intentional act of love. Because here, Jesus calls his disciples friends and says, if you do what I command you to do, you will lay down one's life for another friend. You know, we have, um, there's a saying that, that goes out there, are you my real friend or are you my fake friend? And we all have friends in our life, right, that we do count as close friends that we can reveal anything on our soul. We have friends in our lives that we know that if we called on them in a moment's notice, if they are available, they will be there to help out with whatever. The need may be. I hope everybody in this room has at least one person like that, if not multiple people. But then we also have those surface level friends, those that will be nice to you or whatever, but when the time of need comes, they're nowhere to be seen. You don't hear from them. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if they even know what's happening in your life. You don't know if you can trust them enough to say, hey, can you go check on my mom because I can't get over there because I'm having the battle this health issue or hey can you pick up my kids at school I can't do that and my husband's out of town or anything like that you got some people that you know you can't call on but your real friends you can and this is the type of friendship that Jesus is talking about these are his real friends real friends when you love each other when you lay down your life for another you are a true friend you're a true community and so when we do this We live out and show the love and grace of God. For this season of our church, this is going to be our theme passage for the month of October. We are entering into a season that we typically do every year called stewardship. The stewardship season where we focus on our church community, but we also focus on what God is calling us to be as an individual, but as a whole church. And we reflect upon what we have to give for our community of faith. What we have to give back to God as an individual and as a church. And so we want to focus on church and church community here at St. Matthew's. Not just being something that you say you attend. We don't want the ministries and the events and things to be just something you say, Oh, I checked it off the box. I did birthday gift for Christ this year because I always do it. I just check it off the box. Oh, I'll go to Fall Fest every year because it's just what we do. Just check it off the box. No, what we want St. Matthew's to be, 
what we are, need to seek for this church to be is just not a church of just checking off the boxes. Not just a church that says we can put on our resume that we go to St. Matthew's, we're a member at St. Matthew's. We want this to be a community of friends, of true friends, where if we're in need, we know we can count on our church to come and support us in our times of need. That we can call on any person of St. Matthew's and we know they will be there in our times of need. But then on the other side, we also have to say we want to be a community of faith where we, as we are able, will be there for those in our church family who are in need. But also we have to think bigger than that and those out in the community that are in need as well. Because your circle of friends and community is not a set number. It can be as wide as big as you and God are called to make it. And so over the course of this month, we're going to look at on why we do certain things. Why do we teach at St. Matthew's? Why do you sign up for Sunday school? Why do we even have Sunday school in small groups? Why do we even have leaders within the church that will take over certain ministries? Why do we care and serve? We're going to look at why we do these things over this month because it's not just to check it off. As Jesus says here, as you keep my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you, there's no greater love than this but to lay down your life for one's friends. And so we're going to look at ways to do that and why we do that, why we're called to do that. And so in just a moment, I'm going to invite uh, Sam Morris to come before you guys because we're going to have different individuals from our congregation that are going to share on why they do what they do. And so Sam Morris is our intersection planning chairperson. He's also been on SPRC before. You see him do Kids Moment. He teaches Sunday school. He's very involved in the life of this church. So he was the first person I thought of and say, hey, Sam, can you come and tell us why? And so Sam Morris is going to come up here and uh, I'm going to hand him the mic and he's going to share with us a little bit about why he's part of this community of faith, what it means for him and what it, uh, he hope it means for all of you as well.